Warning, this podcast may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Noisemaker Podcast, where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else. We are your number one spot for discovering all new music. Get to know artists, understand what drives them, and hear from some of their top tracks. Join me, your host, Rocky Ferenberg, as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to, be a staple for the independent musician. Now... Let's make some noise.
Alright everyone, welcome back. This is episode number 67 of the Noisemaker Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and rate us with a 5-star review. We are on all your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. This is the Noisemaker Pod, where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. Today, I have an artist on the show named Nick uh, Early, and Nick is a just a, f- a phenomenal musician, a real high-quality R&B artist, and uh, you know, kind of an intellectual too. We kind of get into some of uh, some of the stuff that he said in some other interviews that is really deep and. Uh, I just stuff that's really interesting to me. I always love it whenever I can have a little section where I can kind of get the 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 intellectual nerdy side out. So, um, other than that, just just a great multi uh multi instrumentalist and uh, just a a really really great all around musician. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Nick Early. All right, so I'm sitting here with Nick Early, and uh, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. So glad to be talking to you. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it seeming to be that way with a lot of people. I'm, I'm having, I'm having some uh, uh, changes going on in my world, and it's making me uh, not necessarily as organized as I've been in the past. But uh, there was a lot of demand uh, to bring the show back. It took a little bit of a hiatus, and so. Um, you know, it's, it's worth the, uh, worth the extra work, I think. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's well, I mean, in trying to coordinate schedules and especially you're not overseas, but, uh, I'm like, I was telling you before, you know, I've got some people overseas that I'm trying to, uh, get linked up with and the time zones are not, uh, not very courteous, you know, to the, to the musicians trying to coordinate. Right. So the first section here, usually like whenever I have a band on, I kind of like to find out who's in the band. Um, when it's more like a solo artist, uh, I mean, we call people solo artists, but I mean, we all know that there's lots of people that play a role in what we're doing. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, who who do you have kind of working on this music with you, making beats, session musicians, you know, kind of give these people the the you know, credit due. And, uh, and then also you as an individual, we're all DIY musicians. So what, you know, what exactly do you do versus what exactly do you outsource? Okay. Wonderful. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, I've been working with a lot of different people. Um, I'm a musician first, so I play piano, I sing, I write, I do most of that stuff. So I play bass when I can, I play guitar when I can, but if not, um, I've been working uh, in a studio called Levels out in here in New York City. I'm in New York City right now. I've been working in a studio called Levels uh, with the main engineer there. His name is Prime. Uh, so shout out to Prime. He's been helping uh, engineer my sessions. Um, so anytime I'm there, he helps me engineer. He also produces. So he'll have an, a little bit of co-production on my next project. Everything that you hear from me, either I produce or had a hand in producing, or I will play keys on it in some way. Um, so pretty much everything you hear from me will have me as an artist as well as an instrumentalist on it. Um, in addition, I've been working with another producer named Stats. Uh, he's out of uh, Harlem as well. He's been helping me. Um, but my last project for everything I've done, I released in 2018, that was an EP. 
it was enti- entirely co-produced with my good friend. His name he goes by ninety two Colby out in L.A. That's where I'm from originally. So uh, one of my good friends uh, out there. We've been working and collaborating together for a few years now. Um, so we work. With, I work with him directly. Anytime I need bass or guitar on bass, I go to my man. His name is Karim Hutton. Karim Hutton was just recently nominated for a Grammy. He played on Summer Walker's last project, as well as YBN Cordae's last project. Um, he's one of my good friends from college. And so we've been collaborating for years and years. We were in a band in college together. Nice. Um, so that's my good friend. And then another friend I've known probably since I was 15. Um, <laughs> his name is uh, Chris Halo. Chris Halo played on my last project, and he's been of a great great help for me anytime i need some guitar he he throws some some uh nice nice stuff on there for me so uh shout out to those guys who've been i've been really working with uh, as well as a man named jay ab jay ab is helping me he's another engineer i work with too so um also john bice got a shout out to john bice john bice is a mix engineer i've been working with um so yeah i'm giving credit to all the people that have been <laughs> helping me out I, the list goes on and on and on and on uh, of course, I want to shout out Mark Media for helping me with uh, any my PR and all the other stuff that I've been doing. But yeah, definitely got to give credit to all the musicians who have worked with. For sure. So uh, I mean, it, it, obvious. So do you? Whenever you're out playing, I mean, is it like do you have like a full band or is it just kind of like uh, the the tracks, the beats, and stuff? And if you do do kind of have a band that you go out and play with, I mean, how what like how did how did this whole thing form? I mean, you I mean, obviously are a solo artist, so I mean, there's a little bit different than a whole band of the the whole uh, cliche story of finding everybody on uh, uh, Craigslist is not exactly there. And it sounds like even the people you've used, that's not exactly the story. But kind of how how did this this project really take shape? Yeah, so this project, uh, this past project that I did, um, I'm working on a new project right now, so I'm kind of in the studio doing a bunch of stuff. But when it comes to uh, shows, uh, it really depends on the show. Uh, when I'm asked to come, if you know, I, I'm sure every musician can relate to this. You can count on one hand the times you've been to a gig where the sound system was good, like <laughs> where, where the sound worked out in your favor. And so <laughs> I think it typically depends uh, out of the hundreds of gigs what I'm doing, uh, what is going to make the most sense. So if if it's going to be, you know, a banquet style gig or something like that, then I'll probably get a band. If it's going to be, you know, a venue, definitely a band. But sometimes a venue, um, it may not be enough lead time for me to rehearse a band and get everyone together. Yeah. Um, and and so I've done venues where I just did me and piano and had uh, backing tracks. Um, and then me with no piano backing tracks. And then me with a full band and stand backing tracks. So like, <laughs> I've, I've kind of done every sort of permutation so far as, um, as performance goes, so far as instrumentation. But yeah, that's, that's t- my ideal situation is always to have a band, probably me on keys and me and another keys player so that I can kind of freely move away from the keyboard without the sound being compromised. Yeah. Uh, guitar player, um, bass and drums pretty much and then you know everything else is is sprinkles and added seasoning on top of it so if i could have background vocalists great if i could have some horns great so on and so forth so um, yeah just pack it in man big exactly make sure it's a big ass stage right (laughs) (laughs) yes i know come up with there with a small army on stage yeah (laughs) but um no i don't like those two biggest i I try to keep it at least five pieces you know just five yeah um and so then uh how it comes together mostly, uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of remote stuff so far as 
you know, I come up with a pro uh, an idea at home. I use Logic, so I work on Logic, come up with something, and then take it to the studio, start to work it, develop it more, write to it, and whatever I hear. If I hear bass, oh, my man, can you play bass on this? Or if I can in the moment, I'll just play a little bit of bass on it just for reference. Um, and then I pretty much call call my, my hired guns to go in do what they do on the tracks and everything so that's kind of how it comes together for me for sure well the the first song we heard at the top of the show was called uh circles you kind of want to give us a breakdown on what circles is about yeah so circles is about something that anyone who is of dating age has probably experienced in their lifetime it's kind of that situation when you're in a relationship and you're just going back and forth and back and forth and you're having these conversations and nothing is going anywhere. And so it kind of highlights the deterioration of a relationship. Um, but that underlying sense of hopelessness, but also a desire to fix the relationship and salvage what we have left. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to that song. I've had a lot of feedback from people saying, man, I really, I really feel these lyrics because I was going through that or I've gone through it. I'm going through it right now, so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that was the song. I really wanted to capture that because that was something that I had been going through. Um, so I just try to make sure that my songs are, are honest reflections of either where I'm at or something that I've experienced or something that everyone can relate to. Um, so a shout out also to 92 Kobe. We co-produced that project back in 20, uh, that that song back in 2019. And it, it was something where I came up with the initial idea, uh, created the, the the rough outline of the beat. And I took it to him. He's a great producer for like drums and melodies. And so uh, he came in and he put helped me fix out the drums. We wrote an outro to it. And I wrote all the lyrics and performed it, of course. And so I recorded that here in New York when I I'm, I was in L.A. with Colby and came back to New York. And I did that with my guy Prime over in Levels Studio. And uh, my man John Bice in L.A. mixed the record for me. Nice. Well, the next song we're going to hear is called Lord Knows. Kind of do the same thing. Let us know a little bit about what this song is about. Lord Knows, man. Um, Lord Knows is kind of also about that similar situation where you feel like you're in a situation where things aren't working out, but you know that you're putting in all the effort and there's something that that person is holding back and it might be that they're in love with someone else. And that's, it's about coming to the realization that they're actually in someone in love with someone else. So here's Lord knows. Yeah. Great. This is going to be Lord knows by Nick early.
Play guitar like me? Hey y'all, this is Rocky Farnberg from the Noisemaker Podcast, and I wanted to tell you all about warming guitars. We all know that tone is the soul of the guitar, and pickups create that perfect sound. Still, the price of pickups can really break the bank. These guys at Warming Guitars crank out some rad pickups at an affordable price. I have been a boutique pickups guy my whole life. However, I find that the tone I pull out of Warman's pickups is comparable to top manufacturers without the outrageous markup. I endorse Warman Guitars as a common sense alternative to pickups, and right now, Warman Guitars is offering exclusively to my listeners 20% off. That's right, when you go to warmanguitars.co.uk and enter Noisemaker20 at checkout, you'll receive 20% off your purchase. These pickups are already ridiculously affordable, and yet, Warman wants to offer the listeners of the Noisemaker podcast an additional 20% off by entering Noisemaker20 at checkout. So take a minute and visit my friends over at warmingguitars.co.uk and pick up your 20% off when you use Noisemaker20 at checkout. Warming Guitars, a new heritage. back with Nick early so this next section I kind of like to dive a little bit more into some like specific questions um, something that's a little bit more like I said before curated to the uh, individual artists so um, I had read an article that uh, that uh, uh, that you were embarking that quote quoting you were embarking on a journey to help uh, us feel and understand the way that you do and um, I'm just curious you know what what that looks like you know how how do you uh uh you know how do you understand music i've found that when i'm writing the more unique and more personal that you make your writing and your storytelling 
oddly enough, the more widely applicable it becomes because oftentimes they say there's no unique thought under the sun. There's no original idea, whatever the phrase says, you know what I'm saying? But the point is that the more personal and human that you make a song to you, the more people can feel. And of course, oftentimes people have either experienced that exact situation or experienced situations, you know, very close to it that they can liken parts of your lyrics or part of your story to it. And I think that's why there's uh, so many great storytellers out there. Um, Whether you like him or not, he's a great artist and tells great stories. Drake. Yeah. Drake is a great example of someone who um, can literally put people like they say and put you in your in your feelings. Um, and you know, he'll, people will play Drake. I have a bunch of friends who like cry to Drake all the time because <laughs> his music is so like, even though he, you know, he's a rich guy and he lives this lavish life, he kind of brings it. He's so relatable and he brings, uh, brings it back down to earth and talks about, you know, stories of heartbreak, stories of, uh, you know, feeling manipulated, being cheated on just different things. Yeah. I think just every person, you know, would, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of what color you are, anything like that, you can relate to that stuff. And so that's uh, that. You know, I'm trying to make music, people feel music the way I do. It's just I feel music very spiritually and honestly, and uh, that's always what I seek out in the music that I engage in as a listener. And so I want to provide that same experience to my listeners. So you'll hear music that every pretty much everything that I've gone through is is something that's related to me, or that's happened, or something I've experienced. Yeah. And I mean, I, I always tell people all the time that, I mean, I like all different genres of music. And one of the reasons why I really like country music, or at least I guess not this kind of pop country music, but uh, country music has historically been uh, a storytelling genre. And it's, and that's, that's my favorite style of songwriting is, is storytelling because I, I think there's just more of a point to music rather than just placing random words and sentences to a melody or a beast to me that's very elementary in songwriting you know that's that's like part of your first 40 45 songs or whatever that you write you know the songs that are for right. you you know <laughs> right right so uh i read that you graduated from cornell uh university and i i found that really really interesting i'm actually uh i've got a handful of degrees that i've earned and i'm working on my masters in economics right now and so I was really curious to you know what what did you study and how has the college experience uh, added or helped your music uh, career? Wow, yeah. So um, I went to Cornell, graduated twenty seventeen. I actually studied industrial labor relations. Oh. Um, and then I minored in music. I had to add the minor. <laughs> I, wanted my, I wanted my curriculum to have some sort of music into it, and I figured why not while I'm here have accessibility to um, you know, the music department as a whole. And so sure. it, it was uh, it was one of the best decisions I made so far as adding it to my curriculum. Um, but yeah, so and for those who don't know, industrial labor relations, the easiest way I can describe it is the study of the world of work. Um, as a high school senior, I had received a brochure in the mail saying from from my major at Cornell saying, uh, oh, are you are you interested in business, law, politics? And, you know, as an ambitious high school senior, you think you're you're going to triple major and you're into everything. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And so I initially had an interest to do like international relations and, because I'm interested in language, interested in culture. Um, I love, you know, how people connect and connectivity and all like that. So, uh, which, 
you know, so I thought that that was the closest thing towards that because it was basically the study of people at work. So a lot of the majors broken down into organizational psychology, um, labor economics, international comparative labor. Um, so a lot of things that I'm into already, uh, we got to study uh, collective bargaining with some of my classes I had taken, taken a class on the economics of a university, just different things like that were really interesting. Yeah. Um, to me, I thought a lot of people actually go into law out of that major. Of course. Um, so yeah. everyone's saying like, oh, you're going to go into law. And I initially thought I was going to be <laughs> like an entertainment lawyer. I thought I was going to go like the entertainment law route or be an agent. And, you know, I had realized that just that may be on the docket. You know, I think at one point I'm going to be an executive want to help people with their own careers. Um, and having that background wouldn't hurt me, but it's not necessarily requisite to have that to be everything that I want to be. Yeah. And I heard some of my friends who have gone to, on to the, some of the best law schools in the country share their horror stories about law school. So I think I'm good <laughs> on law school. <laughs> I thought about law school for a while too. And uh, actually the reason why I didn't go is because I, I, uh, I do all my uh, schooling remotely and okay. uh, there's no uh, ABA um, – uh, accredited uh, law school that you can do online. There's one in California, but I'm not in California. And so it just didn't pan out um, the way I wanted. So I, I kind of moved from uh, criminal justice to political science and then moved into uh, economics after that. So yeah, I, I know I know what it's like, you know, kind of taking that that whole journey and, and finally settling on on something that you think is yeah, you got to find something that's applicable to the real world. You know what I mean? You can't just go and and take something that has has no real value out there in, in the real world and then expect you know to s have somebody else value that degree you know what i mean it's right it's yeah. one of the hardest things about entering college is entering and uh having at least a little bit of uh, uh you know world uh, view past uh college i guess we could say a little bit of foresight you know yeah, so I mean, it, I've, I've used that degree a lot, and even in entertainment, which is surprising to a lot of people. But it taught me a lot about just thinking about how people work and just how people work in organizations. I work in TV currently. I do have a day job, um, so that's helped me in that. It's just it just really assists me in a lot of things that people wouldn't ex uh, wouldn't expect for it to. So the the next question I have is is another quote, and it's uh, from a magazine. Correct me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I believe it's called the Rain X Y. And uh, yeah, that's they correct. okay, well I didn't know they kind of look like it was pieced together, and I saw it raining, and so I was like, well maybe they have a, a particular way they pronounce it. But um, I won't read the whole block because it's quite a bit. But the couple sentences here that I found interesting was I strongly believe that music's full power is something humans don't understand. Music exists and operates on so many levels. Music is spiritual, physical, scientific, artistic, timeless, and timely all at the same moment. Its power to connect people to memories, moments, and ideas is unparalleled. Music engages the psyche and operates in a dimension that we all that we've yet to okay operates in a dimension that we've still yet to recognize. So that quote I found to be. Um, just incredibly in depth on what music is, but at the same time, uh, I'm an ex addict. I spent years um, living on the streets uh, as an IV drug user, and it's the, this. There's also elements of 
smells and visuals that give you know euphoric recall and uh, you know just a, a lot of things that I relate to kind of that quote besides just music so I mean now I, I agree with you about the power of music I'm not necessarily downplaying that at all uh, I, I don't know if the power that you're talking about is necessarily mutually exclusive from some of these other types of recall but what do you think it is that drives drives that whether it's audible, visual, odorous, uh, whatever the the sensory uh, trigger is, what what do you think it is? I guess in the psyche or in the human condition that really you know kind of triggers those those things. Well, I know it's I a mean, it's a deep question, man. <laughs> no, 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 it's a deep question. But I think that I think my quote kind of in indirectly answers is that we don't understand it. I think. The thing about music is that it's physical, like too, like sound waves and the way it affects your body too. Like there's, these are things you can get really off left. <laughs> we can get really left of center and go really deep with it. But um, I think that, like you said, I think it's, it's a culmination of all these things. And it's not, of course, mutually exclusive, you know, uh, as you shared with your experience. Thanks for sharing your experience. Um, no problem. Man. And, but yeah, that that's, it's not, like you said, it's not mutually exclusive to, things that have happened to people on, you know, maybe the bad side of life or in other realms, I'm sure, like for a lot of people uh, playing sports and certain things, watching certain movies, whatever it is, I think it's just connected because music is always connected to memory, to connect to time, to connect to feeling. Um, I was having a conversation with my cousin uh, just last night, actually. We were talking about um, how I heard this song. Uh, it's called How Much I Feel um, by Ambrosia. And my dad used to play this song uh, over and over. I mean, when he found songs, he would, he has a little, uh, <laughs> I don't know if everyone remembers creative players, the MP3 creatives. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, I remember creative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, he had a yeah. creative, he had a creative full of a bunch of songs, um, like thousands and thousands of songs. But for whatever reason, he had these little mix CDs that he would play that would repeat maybe the same eight songs for months. And then he would then take it out <laughs> and change it out. So, that song was on that mix CD that we had listened to for how many ever months. And it was a part of uh, our morning routine when he would drive us to school, me and my sister. Yeah. And I know that song in depth. And I was having a conversation with my cousin. I was telling how my dad, like, I would hear certain songs while at college or even just now. I'll hear certain songs. It'll stop me in my tracks. I heard a song that he used to play. I was at the grocery store. Just mind my own business. <laughs> had some green onions in my hand, whatever it was and over the loudspeaker, they were playing that song and I just stopped. And immediately I was just warped back to being eight year old driving in the little van down whatever street. I remember the street. I can see my sister's face. I can see my dad. I can see all this around. I can see it all. And that's just something that like, we can't explain. Like, why does it do that? Why, why am I so vivid? Why can I literally go back and forth as if time didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? I'm almost like a fifth dimensional plane. I can just go back and forth. And I think that that's speaking towards how music is something that is, like I said, all those things, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's, it's connected, it's holistic. And we can't explain it fully. I don't know all the science behind that. I'm not a person that studies it from that angle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's my, 
That's my version. I don't really know. Can't answer the question. Sorry, Rock. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> hey, well, at least you're you're honest about it. No, I just like I said, I I found it really interesting, and I kind of just I when I read it, I was like, man, I really want to dive more into that. So, how do you you know how do you really ask to you know dive deeper into something like that? So, uh, as I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, well, this is going to be a lengthy, uh, in depth question, but um. Hey, it's it's one of the things that I thought was really interesting that I read about you. So, the the next song that we're going to hear is called "Loving and Lies." You want to do the same thing as the other tracks and kind of let us know what that song's about? Yeah, that song's about uh, being a liar and recognizing that you're lying a lot, and also that your relationship might be built on a lie. That uh, yeah, just how lies can ruin a relationship and how they interact with two people in love well great this can be loving in lives by nick early
like the sweet sound of my voice? Would you like to hear it reading your advertisement? Guess what? I am for sale. If you'd like to hear me reading your ad, perhaps have me write the copyright for your ad, then go ahead and give me a shout at Victory Voiceovers. We're on Facebook, or you can contact us through our website, victoryvo.com. Or if you just want to email me directly without having to go through the websites, you can go ahead and email me at noisemakerpod at gmail.com. I can also help a lot in post-production and adding sound effects, music, or anything else that you might need. However, if you just want this lovely voice for your advertising, then I can send you a direct dry copy unedited if that's what you so choose. Like I said, that's Victory VoiceOver, VictoryVO.com. Or if you want to email me directly, you can just go ahead and punch into your email, noisemakerpod at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, so we're back with Nick Early for just a few more moments here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you're having fun, man. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, the first question I'm always interested in is an individual's uh, writing process. So okay. if we were going to sit in on a Nick Early uh, writing process, tell us what that would look like. <sighs> it would be very fun. So <laughs> the way I like to write is I've kind of been – testing out different writing processes. I'm still developing, I guess, my formula, but I have some tried and true methods that I can fall back on to kind of get me in a space to write. One of the main things that I do is when I'm producing a beat, I try to write then and there. I always write hooks first. Hooks always come to me first. Um, and the hooks will come to me typically through a melody. So what I will do is I'll make a beat and I'll just let it loop for however long that it takes. And just start humming singing, uttering things. And then for whatever spiritual process that happens, it oftentimes will happen to me. It'll catch and then boom, I'll have it. And then I'll have a melody. So I'll find a syllable that I like on the melody, whether it's a whoa, 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 whatever it is, I'll go on it, I'll keep it going, I'll keep over and over and over until words will start to kind of manifest out of it. And then words will manifest out of that and then I'll have a hook. And then I will always have that draft. I record on my phone. I have this app called Voice Recorder. Shout out to my guy, Seven, who's a producer in Atlanta. He put me on to Voice Recorder. Um, <laughs> voice Recorder, it's, it's so much better than Voice Notes because you can, like, it's more, um, one, more storage, and two, you can be more uh, active in, like, how you want to organize it. But anyways, okay. when I'm doing that, I record what I'm doing because I may go back and be like, I don't really like that hook. But dang, that one melody, that should be the hook that whatever I was humming before I came to what I thought was the hook. Yeah. And sometimes it's perfect. And then, oh, no, that melody should actually be the verse. Oh, no, that one should be the, the pre-hook. So it's literally like kind of like just vibing. Yeah. Almost freestyle impromptu in that moment to try to find whatever melodies. Because, I mean, truthfully, the words matter for the story and telling. But, like, a lot of people don't listen for that. A lot of people listen to how does it make you feel. Like, Correct. And so... I'm, it needs to feel good. And for me, when you're putting on music, and I mean, the musical process, you're never done. 
truly like your final record it's not really done you can always do more right <laughs> always always you get yeah. but then you turn I mean, into you axel get you get but, that completely right <laughs> but then you turn into axel rose taking 13 years to make an album and it's right, a pay, right. complete no, flop you know? <laughs> right exactly that's a little dramatic right because <laughs> i think there is a there is a way like where you can mix the feeling out of a record or you can Correct. write the feeling out of a record so on and so forth you know that yeah but um yeah, so basically just that is my process. I continue to keep going and going um, until something manifests. And then I just want to make sure it feels good, man. And well, then I write from there. I'll well, and that's to... a and that's a great point. I mean, like, like because the hook of a song is, is uh, usually kind of an overview of what everything in the verses and, and uh, uh, bridge and, and pre-chorus and all these different sections are talking about it's usually a general overview of the whole song. And so kind of starting from that point, um, you can kind of develop what the story is going to be versus trying to write a story and then write four or eight lines to encompass the whole idea. It, it does seem like it would work a lot better from that point. And uh, a lot of times whenever I'm writing, I try to do the same thing. I try to tell people, hey, you know, let's write a song um, – about said topic and then you know let's try to match the music and the feel of what we're talking about to the lyrics because you know stuff like like smells like teen spirit by nirvana is always my go-to because the the feeling in the song is always going to be there for this like anthem for like the outcasted high school child you know kind of thing you know it's like an anthem for that individual but ne the the lyrics don't necessarily match that same idea because Kurt Cobain really wasn't necessarily the a great songwriter uh, lyrically, but so if you can capture that same kind of feel and then have you know really powerful lyrics that match it, I mean you've got a, a rock solid song, you know. Of course, I totally agree with that. That song is a great example. Yeah, he's just like I was remember as a kid, I just heard that song. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, exactly. And then, but you know, as a kid, I heard it in that like teen age, like preteen age. I heard it at like 11, 12. Yeah. I'm like, this song is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it and wasn't necessarily the lyrics. It wasn't necessarily what he was saying. I mean, there's a few lines like, here we are now, entertain us, like this demanding that you pay attention to me, you know, this unwavering, you know, point, like I'm going to stand here and not be moved, you move kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. And then I heard, it's funny actually about that song, real quick aside. The version that I like most connected with to where I like started to understand like the lyrics and go deeper into like what the messaging was behind the song was I heard a, a version by Robert Glasper Experiment. Um, the Robert Glasper Experiment, they did a version with, um, I believe it's Robert Glasper, Casey Benjamin, who's a saxophonist, huh. was playing and singing, um, was playing sax and singing it with, as a vocoder, like with a vocoder. Yeah. And it was such a really unique interpretation of the song. Um, but it forced me to like go into the lyrics. And then I looked it up from there. And that was like maybe four years later. I was like 15, 16 when I heard that. And then I really finally got a grasp of what, you know, Nirvana's true intention with that song was. The uh, yeah. 
I, I love saxophone, man. There's that's my favorite instrument to listen to. It's just such a beautiful sounding instrument, and it's not harsh in any way, but it not can at be all. but it can be aggressive at the same time. It's it's a phenomenal instrument. I love it. It has so much range. Yeah. yeah. So much range. So one of the other. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the other questions that I'm, I'm always really interested in with bands is music scenes across the country, across the globe. You know, kind of, you know, what what what's really unique and different about them. And so you're originally from uh, California, um, a little bit. You said a, a little bit down east of uh, L.A., right? Yeah, I'm east of L.A. It's the city of Covina, so I'm east of L.A. But okay, about thirty minutes east of downtown, so I can get. I've been I have a lot of family in L.A. I've been in L.A. Just call it L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and but now you but now you're in Harlem, which is actually on the other side of the country. So exactly. it it's you kind of but they're both. I mean, L.A. and uh, New York. I mean, these are two huge hubs for music. So, uh, kind of tell us what the experience is between California and New York. Pros and cons. What's you know? Are they competitive? Are they not competitive? Is it more of a family unit? Kind of give us the the basic idea and kind of the the contrast between the two. I think there's just within the music scene, there's always the sub scenes. There's the musicians, then there's the artists, and then you have then through that you have the jazz guys, and you got the church musicians, and you got the you know singer songwriters. I found in general that New York, because it's so you know the proximity is much denser and it's closer together, people have to interact a little more. Um, I think here people are more straight, like sh- very straight shooters. Like if you like, if they like you, you'll know if they don't like you, you'll know type situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that that creates a culture of musicians that are more connected um, from what I've seen out in LA um, in LA. I think from my experience, I, I played in church growing up. And so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it from the lens of, you know, seeing church musicians and a lot of the church musicians are people who are playing on tour. They're touring musicians as well. Um, and so I can say for there, a lot of the time it's people, if you're not in the scene, in, in the scene, then you're on the outside. And I think the only way to get in is like, if you're just so overwhelmingly great of a musician, um, being a good person necessarily doesn't always just get you in. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's the exact <laughs> opposite here. I've had, I've seen and heard musicians, some of the like, best musicians I've heard are from New York and they're just the most cool people, regular dudes. Like, I'm like, dang. Crazy. <laughs> um and so yeah i feel like the music scene in new york i mean it's, it's it's of legend literally it's a legendary music scene here live music is very much so thriving there's I, i've been telling my friends uh in california that i'm trying to convince to come to new york and just like hang out for a little bit it's like if i wanted to i tell people all the time if i wanted to i could find live music every single night of the week yeah and like at different venues all parts of town and so that's not something that you can say in L.A. Like, I'm sure it's somewhere, but you have to, like, literally go seek it out so hard. Whereas, like, New York, so many times I just stumbled into places. Oh, there's live music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when do you guys have live music? Oh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Then I go to another place. Oh, when do you have live music? Oh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Beautiful. <laughs> that's cool, so man. It's one of those situations where it's, like, there's a lot of opportunity for uh, musicians to play. And... A lot of opportunity for independent artists to book their own shows because there's just so many freaking venues everywhere. So it sounds um, a lot like like down in like Tennessee, like Nashville kind of area and stuff. They they they're kind of the same way from what I've heard. Is it's all 
uh, like music every night and you can just walk down, you know, any of the streets and all the little bars, all the little clubs and stuff. They all have different styles of music playing and, and everything. It sounds, it sounds really awesome. Like I'm, I'm yeah, I'm jealous. I've never, you know? been. I've never <laughs> been. I've always wanted to go, but I've never been to Nashville. So the next, the next section here, uh, getting to kind of wrap this up a little bit. I, I always think that it's important to uh, throw shout outs and uh, give plugs, you know, kind of once again, like, like bookend it with, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, and also I kind of like to leave an area where if maybe we didn't get around to something to talk, talking about something that you wanted to mention uh, that just kind of leave an open area for you. So plug shout outs, anything that we might've missed, uh, whatever you want to talk about, this is all for you. So have at it, man. Well, first off, I'd like to thank my main man, Jesus Christ, for giving me the ability and the talent to be able to even be here and talk to people and share music with the world and to be able to be on this podcast, man. Uh, secondly, I'd like to thank my family and everybody who's for the countless, you know, piano recitals and uh, performances, <laughs> terrible gig, all the above. Like, I just want to thank uh, them for really just pushing me. And thank you to my dad specifically for getting me into music. My father's a musician. I never said that. I don't know why I didn't say that. My father's a musician. <laughs> He's a saxophonist. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he got me into music. He's been he's been the main reason, main source of, you know, my musical inspiration. So shout out to my dad um, and to my sister uh, for supporting me as well. The rest of my family, a lot of my friends, all my friends that I've done music with, friends that I haven't done music with, who have been a part of supporting my journey, a part of the journey all of the above. I just want to thank everybody. Um, and yeah, all my team that I've been working with to help me push as an artist, get stuff out there. Um, that's, you know, literally a whole separate gig as an independent artist is to literally just you know, spend <laughs> yeah. your time to push your music. You spend all these hours creating this three minute song. And then now you got to spend weeks and weeks and months. Yeah. People don't flood it. Heard. People don't flood to your Spotify just because you created something. That's not real. Right. <laughs> Right. not real what's real is getting out there and pushing a product so yeah um, yeah to everyone who's helping with that especially mark media the team there um i just want to thank all of you there for helping me making a lot of my vision come together i want to shout out my my guy austin henry wallace who's been the music director for my videos um helping me execute my visuals shout out to ruthie photographer janelle gordon photographer um all the stuff, man. It's been great. Well, great. This is uh, the the last song that we have here is called "Guestimate," and so uh, once again, kind of tell us about uh, a little bit about what that song is about. Guestimate is a song about coming to terms with like, look, I don't, I can't even begin to guesstimate how many mistakes I've made, but please accept this apology for what it is. Um, it's just a very honest track. This is you'll hear me on keys. I mean, man, Karim Hutton on bass and Colby, uh, 92 Colby on production. So, without further ado, guesstimate. Great, this is going to be Nick Early, guesstimate. I guess I got a problem. All my words are escaping me. Yeah. I guess you need an answer. Is it what you need? Yeah. I guess that we should talk now. Cause there's a lot for me to say. Yeah. I guess we gotta. 
like share and subscribe give us a five-star review please make sure that it's a five-star review uh over there at itunes um the the five-star reviews are what really 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 helps the uh the show grow it helps the algorithms it helps uh everything so this week we do have another review from or a review that's from another uh individual that was on the show joey letcher and joey said professional dude with a great, fun, loose interview style, really does a fantastic job showcasing and showcasing and capturing the narrative of rising artists on the scene. Really appreciate that, Joey, because that really is the main goal with doing this show is is highlighting artists that might not otherwise get the attention that really a lot of times they I believe that they fully uh, deserve. So uh, I really appreciate the uh, the kind words. And if you want to hear uh, your uh, review on the show, you know what. Even if you, even if it's not a five star review, we'll still read it, man. It's you know, it's not a big deal. We're not trying to uh, filter out, you know, uh, and just only showcase, you know, uh, the shining spots. If you got complaints, throw it on here too. Let's hear it, you know. But anyways, either way, get over there and and leave a review and please uh, uh, leave a five-star review or please leave a, a five-star rating. Uh, it really does help with the algorithm. And, you know, if you like the artist that was on the show, if you came for that artist or if you came for a different artist, it really helps other people discover those those artists. So if you really want to support them, go ahead and uh, leave that review. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at NoisemakerPod at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, there's a couple uh, links down in the uh, show notes. Uh, some of them are to support the show directly through Patreon. Uh, we typically ask for a dollar a show to kind of help keep the lights on and kind of pay for the, uh, the, the basics of, of doing a show like this. 
Um, the other thing that you can do is you can click on the links down below and uh, go ahead and shop through eBay or uh, Amazon and that basically gives us that it's an affiliate link and gives us a little bit of a kickback also um, I just created some um, uh, uh, noisemaker playlists for artists that have been on the show and I'm gonna continually add the artists that have come on the show into those playlists so if you like this music go ahead and drop down into the show notes and find um, find the uh, uh, links to the noisemaker um, uh, playlists and uh, go ahead and follow those playlists that way uh, you can kind of stay up to date with the music that's being added or you can just go there and, and kind of cut through all the grime and, and listen to uh, artists that have been on the show before and if you like the music and you want to know a little bit more about them come back here and find some of the episodes uh, in the backlog so um, other than that, uh, great show. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, don't stop following your dreams.